Overdone, the Grand Tour fan-made podcast that reviews every Grand Tour episode, The Adventures of Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Evans, as well as cutting-edge automotive news and information. I am Crockett. I've got a reasonably priced microphone and a <clears throat> fabricated studio audience. Yes. Um, yes. How's everybody doing out there? Are you guys ready for fall? We've had a bit of an extended summer where I am on the mid-Atlantic East Coast. But I think the hot weather has about had it. Pretty soon it'll be time to get out the flannel and take somebody to an apple orchard. And speaking of cars, (laughs) you think car shows, you think summer, right? And that's nice, but sometimes those summer car shows are just so hot, you, you can't really hang around long. You know, you find yourself just thinking about finding shade or finding air conditioning. I'd like to see some more car shows happen as things begin to cool off. You know, late September, October, even November, you know, unless you're, say, in New England or the Great Lakes area. What? Okay, okay, Charles, I just wanted to formally recognize the changing of seasons. You know, it's... Alright, okay, that's our cue. Let's jump into the Grand Tour Episode 5 Review. In this episode, the Grand Tour tent is set up in Rotterdam, Holland. Which, did you know this? I had no idea. Apparently the Dutch people really are the tallest nation on Earth. According to a study by eLife. Would you have guessed that? I don't really know who I would have guessed, but I don't think the Netherlands would have come to mind. Jeremy likes to point out how he loves being around people living at the same altitude as him, while Richard laments that he's tired of looking at everyone's belly buttons. So they waste little time introducing the episode's main film, which will feature a comparison of the guy's ideas of the perfect lightweight sports car. And the film uh, for the sports cars is set in Morocco in North Africa. Richard is going to be driving a Mazda MX-5, James a Xenos E10, and Jeremy will turn up later with his own choice. And as always, we have to remember that this episode now is about three years old, so these models would be all that was available in 2016. Now, the Mazda MX-5. Richard reminds us that it is the best-selling two-seater roadster of all time. I was aware of that, and I've also heard plenty of uh, um, anecdotal evidence about the legendarily high satisfaction rate of, of MX-5 owners. Apparently, if you've got one, you don't want to part with it. The one that Richard's driving has a 1.5-liter four-cylinder engine producing 129 horsepower. Now remember, this is a pretty small car, so that horsepower can get it from 0 to 62 in 8.3 seconds, and it has a top speed of 127 miles per hour. So this car that James shows up in, it's called the Xenos E10, and it's made by a, a, a British manufacturer, Xenos Cars. And James is quick to point out that it is a proper, stripped-down, lightweight sports car with no frills. No frills indeed. There's no roof, no doors that open. You have to step over the side. No radio, no air conditioning, no side windows. 
What it does have is a two liter four cylinder engine which produces 250 horsepower and has a zero to 62 time of four seconds. Its top speed is 145 miles per hour. Apparently it uses the engine from a Ford Focus ST. Now as is the case sometimes in these shows, you get the feeling that they wanted to use certain vehicles, but they, they don't really fit the guys. And this is what I know there's another episode coming up. I don't even know if it's in season one or season two where James is driving. Um, what I think it's a one of the new Hondas and it's got all of the new stuff and the new tech and all that. And he keeps trying to tell the other two how that is the best choice. And it just it doesn't seem like James. Well, I get the same feeling here in this episode where he's driving this thing that's so stripped down. This Xenos just doesn't seem very James May-ish, but that's okay. We, we still enjoy his take on it. So Richard and James take their cars out on the road and tell us more about them. And it was at this point that Richard says something about the Mazda that I think sums up exactly what it has going for it. James comes from a world where he wants his phone and his camera separate. This Mazda is a smartphone. It does everything. Yes, you add weight when you include heated seats and air conditioning, stereos, and all that. But the MX-5 has the features most people actually want while still remaining a you know, sporty sports car. It's true, as James says, that to qualify as a sports car, all you really need is four wheels, somewhere to sit, and an engine. But I don't think most people have the luxury of investing in a vehicle, even just a toy, that is so finely tuned to be enjoyed only on the perfect topless sports car days. Uh, but more thoughts on that later. Next, Richard and James pull over for a spot of tea, and they continue arguing about the virtues of having doors that open on a sports car. And as they are bickering, the orangutan surprises them as he slowly sits down with his own cup of tea, admiring the view around them. He's got this <laughs> deep purple sports jacket on, over his jeans, of course, and here's how it went down. I mean, Reva speedboats don't have doors. You don't say I'm not... This is lovely, isn't it? What are you doing here? Well, word reached me that you two were talking rubbish. What do you mean, rubbish? Well, if you want the best sports car, you don't want a Mazda or a Xenos. You oh, want... Oh, he's brought an Alfa Romeo. Yes, of course I have. Alfa Romeo 4C Spider. He says he heard that they're arguing between a Mazda and a Xenos, and he's there to tell them they're both wrong. Now you fans know how much Jeremy loves the Alfa Romeo brand. Now I will admit, as an American, and not a rich one, my exposure to Alphas has been pretty non-existent. In fact, most of what I know about Alphas has been from watching these three chaps. It's pretty telling, I think, that neither of the other two ever respond positively when Jeremy brings in Alfa Romeo. It is actually in this episode where I heard Richard say something I never forgot about Jeremy and Alphas. He said, Jeremy loves Alfa Romeos because back in the old days, they were great, but they're not anymore. <laughs> At any rate, Jeremy has brought a white Alfa Romeo 4C Spider. This car has a 1.7 liter four-cylinder turbocharged engine, which makes 234 horsepower. And it can go from 0 to 62 in 4.5 seconds and has a top speed of 160 miles per hour. So it's the fastest of the three cars, and being what it is, it costs as much as the other two cars combined. <laughs> Can you picture the spider in your head? It's, uh, it's styling, is, it's so unique. Um, 
I can't really make up my mind. What do you all think of it? Uh, from some angles, I love it, but from other angles, it, it just seems too short and, and kind of stubby. And I love the next scene. Richard and James sit in the spider and they just start making fun of everything about it. The knobs and levers, and the handbrake, and all the while Jeremy gives this look to the camera that is a, it's like a mix of disapproval and growing anger. <laughs> so now the trio take their cars out, all three of them, and this is where Jeremy has a few admissions about his car's shortcomings. The gearbox, the size of the gas tank, the fact that every once in a while it swerves violently left or right for no reason. But, he's quick to remind us that your children aren't perfect either, but you love them, which is pretty telling, right? I should tell you all you need to know about his love for this particular brand. Jeremy and James talk some trash about how fast their cars are, so they have a drag race, which James wins. James, in a car with less power. This obviously caused a great deal of stress for Jeremy and spurs on a good deal of discussion about car weight. Jeremy concludes that he needs to get to the bottom of the power weight ratio question to help him, you know, understand how his alpha lost to James's uh, Xenos. And he wants to prove the alpha is the lightest of the three cars. So he declares he shall build a way bridge. And with that, we are brought back to the tent. Let's see. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's pick up there in our next review segment. All right. Today, I went on the Internet and I found this. See if you can place the voice before the end of the clip. So there you go. Early bird gets the worm. I got a call late last night. We were here for cash this morning and uh, got three challengers that hadn't seen the light of day since the 90s and that's super cool uh, here's what's really cool they're now for sale i can't exactly lie about what i paid for them but as soon as we get back to shop we're gonna start dragging them in one by one get them running get them driving the price is only going to go up from there so if you want them info at gasmonkeygarage.com that's right love him or hate him that is the charismatic richard rawlings of gas monkey garage in dallas texas now, on a whim, I just YouTube Gas Monkey because I hadn't heard about the show or, or Richard Rawlings in quite a while. But as it turns out, I'm just out of touch because they are still doing their thing, apparently. Fast and loud on the Discovery Channel Monday nights, according to the internet. I watched that show for about a year or so in uh, 2011 and 2012, maybe a little into 2013. Do any of you guys still watch it? I remember hearing the news that Richard's mechanic wizard that he left and, and went off to do his own thing. Aaron. Remember Aaron? I don't remember his last name. What was his last name? That Aaron, that Aaron guy was amazing though. He seemed to have the engine and body knowledge of someone much older than he was. We'll have to, we should have done that. We'll have to find out what he's up to these days. But yeah, apparently the gas monkeys are still flipping cars for the TV show and Richard Rawlings still loves cash, cars, and beer. All right, Koenigsegg just set a new world record. Now, if you are not familiar with these supercars, but you are familiar with cheesy movies, you may remember multiple Koenigseggs featured in the movie Need for Speed. Now, they didn't set a top speed world record as Bugatti just recently did, but they apparently set a world record for 0 to 249 miles per hour and back to 0 again. 
So if you consider it, a test like this says a great deal about a car, at least a great deal more than simply top speed alone. Having the stability and the braking power, not to mention weight considerations, to quickly come back down to zero from 249 miles per hour, it demonstrates some awesome supercar abilities. In 2017, Koenigsegg did this exercise in 33.29 seconds. That's amazing. Think about the amount, the speed that they had gotten up to and then back down to zero. 33.29 uh, seconds. But recently, they used one of their 1,479 brake horsepower beasts. They used one in an airfield and reportedly did the zero to 249 and back down to zero trip in 31.49 seconds. A whole two seconds faster. Uh, that driver's name was Sonny Pearson. So it took him 22.8 seconds to reach 249 miles per hour and then just 8.62 seconds to fully stop. Wow. Incredible. I really respect this test. I do. I love how it pushes the car in other ways rather than just how much total speed it can build up. Clarkson, Hammond, and May have done this sort of test before with certain cars, actually. Yeah. I think they've done, I think it was like something like 0 to 100 and back to 0 something similar it's great it just shows a whole different aspect to the car yeah these uh Koenigsegg guys they don't play around they may not have the heritage that the other supercar companies have but they demand to be taken seriously Back to show. so the trio had their three lightweight sports cars they did a little bit of driving Jeremy declares that he's going to uh, make a way bridge, and they call it quits for that day. And then go back to the tent. And back in the tent, Richard introduces us to Conversation Street. And in this week's Shadow Thing intro to Conversation Street, we have Richard and Jeremy talking to one another while James has a real live owl perched on his arm, kind of flapping its wings. You actually see the, the wings hit his face. So just some more visual interest there for us. Uh, the first instance of an animal used in the shadow intro to Convo Street. So this time the guys talk about which nation on earth has the worst police cars, and I'm happy that they acknowledge it is not the Americans. The Crown Vicks that, that have been used here have been very good police cars the last two, three decades. I know around where I live, at least the counties now have mostly Dodge Chargers. Richard points out that traditionally most countries use as their police cars a car that is actually made in their own country. He then goes on to remind his colleagues and tell the world that they're in Holland where they are sitting. For 30 years over there, they used a Porsche 911 Targa as their main police car. And they talk about the definitely questionable justifications that was used to make that happen. And then next, Jeremy talks about otters and how their numbers there continue to decline as Dutch drivers keep driving over them, but how the country has redeemed itself by erecting a 150,000 euro squirrel bridge over a busy road so that the squirrels could cross safely. And as for its use, in 2014, CCTV footage showed three squirrels use the bridge in 2014, and in 2015 it was used twice. So. Not the best return on investment, I would say. I'm no economist, but yeah. 
Oh, and then the topic of assisted suicide was big in the Netherlands when they filmed this in 2016, and apparently Jeremy Clarkson thought he could touch on it with the sobriety and seriousness the topic requires. I mean, it wasn't a disaster. I suppose it could have gone very differently, but he was on his best behavior and just tried to mention it by somehow tying it back to cars. The gist of it was, he says he thinks about end-of-life issues, and the day he comes next to a train in his car and he doesn't want to race it, then he'll know he's lived his full life. <laughs> you know, that's one of those topics where you can't just make a couple jokes and move on, you know, because it stirs up all these other questions and thoughts and ethics and faith and all this stuff. But alas, they move on. And since we are reviewing their program, so must we. So after Conversation Street, Richard introduces the next segment by commenting on the rampant use of video games by kids these days, to the exclusion of old-fashioned board games. Well, Richard believes that kids would be interested in board games if they were bigger and involved cars. <laughs> Do you remember this? Do you remember what's coming here? Richard shows us how simple it would be to play a large version of the classic game Battleship using cars. It's a simple game, Richard assures us, and if you want to play it with cars, you don't need much. In fact, based on this film, we learn that all you need is a massive former Cold War airfield with a tarmac large enough to sit up your board, several thousand pounds of old cars to represent your boats, about 20 G-Wiz cars to be the missiles, four shipping containers to block the view, obviously, from the opposing player's side of the board, and since the air cannon wasn't accurate enough, just use two massive cranes to drop the G-Wiz missiles on the targets. Remember, Hammond tells us, these are all things you can do at home, in your garden. And so they set about playing Battleship with cars, where you'll hear them say phrases such as, You sank my limousine! And, All I've got to do now, get inside Richard Hammond's mind. An awful place, admittedly, but if I can just get in there for a second. Right. And so, uh, James ends up winning, which seems really fitting, doesn't it? Because you think James, you know, he's more board gamey than Richard is. When you think of him, you think of board game strategy and checker maneuvers and old maid. Yeah, so I distinctly remember the first time I watched that film. I enjoyed it, but I knew it wasn't going to be one of those films I could watch over and over and over. You know, and that's fine, right? That's fine. The fact is, these guys have created car comedy gold so many times. The bar is so high, and we've just come to expect so much. So this um, Battleship game film, it was fun to watch. It just, to me, it wasn't one of their best segments, and that's okay. That's okay. Okay, and now the segment that gives power to the people, a focus on the faithful, a voice to the very great GT fans. This is your name here. Would you like to make a comment or ask a question? You can leave us a voice message from our podcast notes page. Just look for the leave message button. And hey, what do we have here? And hey... What do we have here? Looks like a voice message to play on the show. Hit it, Charles. Is this on? Is it recording now? 
Hey, Crockett and Charles, love your show. I just wanted to call and leave a voice message like you said. It's so easy. No, no. Um, I know, I am. Hey, and I, and I, and I love the podcast. Okay, alright, bye. Hey, 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 nice. How about that? <laughs> okay, yes, yes, it was me. I made that up, but I made it up to make a point. Okay, I made it up to make a point. I did it to prove how easy and amazing it is to leave your favorite podcast a voice message. What, Charles? Well, okay, to leave us a voice message, whatever. So, honest to goodness, folks, I did that through my phone, and I'm really surprised how clear it came out. I mean, it sounds nearly as good as my reasonably priced microphone. So far, our only callers have been me and the robocall threatening me with an arrest warrant. So, they're truly is nowhere to go but up. Now is the time, listeners. Don't be shy. If you really want to just write to us like your face and see more butts did, you can do that as well. It's just the show name at Gmail. What, Charles? Thank you for joining us, Grand Tour fans. In our next show, we'll finish covering the Grand Tour's fifth episode. I am Crockett saying, make it a great day. I mean, look at him, he's pretty pointless.